warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! One evil trip. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 132 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too shabby. You know, I, I sort of feel like the batteries are recharged. I was pretty exhausted after the film festival and Crypticon, and now I've had a little time to relax and rest and, and you know, get back into fighting shape, and now I'm ready to podcast. Podcasting shape. Not fight. We're not going to fight, are we? Well, I hope we fight about something, or it'll be a boring we'll probably, show. Probably fight about a little something. I, I would think so. I'm in a good mood, though. I'm I'm no longer in danger of having Lester T. Raw kill me. <laughs> That's good because I repaid my debt to him. I've been carrying around some money in my pocket that I owed him forever. So, so how, how did you end up owing money to Lester T. Raw? I mean, did he lend you? 
money and you had to pay the VIG, or how did this work? There was no VIG involved. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He didn't actually know that I had his money, which is probably the best way to do things. <laughs> uh, the film festival, which we're going to talk about every episode, I guess, uh, I was selling Pine Box Boys merch at the merch table as the band broke down, and I was people were just buying, like throwing money at us, just and I was had one pocket that I just kept stuffing all the Pine Box Boys money into. I wasn't even manning the cash box. Somebody else, somebody trustworthy was doing that. It's absolutely true, folks. He looked like Kali working at an arcade. <laughs> wow. Nice pantheon we're referring to tonight. <laughs> I thought that I'd given the Pine Box Boys all their money for the shirt sales that I had conducted and pocketed the money for, and I got back to my hotel room there was still money in that pocket, and I knew that none of my money was there. It had to be theirs. So I held on to it every day, praying before I went to sleep at night that Lester Cree Raw would not visit me with a big axe saying, Where's my money, Chop? And uh, I saw them play live in Sacramento. Walked up to him, handed him his money. There you go. Don't kill me in my sleep. <laughs> I'm so glad you got to see them. How was the set? Yeah, they, they were great. And what was really great was uh, there was a member of the band sporting a T-shirt from our fest. They had oh. our, our film festival shirt on. It was hot. That it was, was awesome. Hot. They were surprised to see me. They did a great set, of course. And they were uh, releasing their beer that night. They, they got a beer. It's a uh, Scotch Ale, six feet under. And it's <laughs> That's brewed a great by name. Six Rivers Brewery which is their home away from home, and they're unleashing it on Sacramento. So How nice. Beer, Pine Box Boys, good times. I'm jealous. And I, not I've, getting axe murdered. I've never tried the uh, Pine Box Boys beer, so I'm a little bit jealous. You know, though, I, I have a feeling that Lester T. Raw, being the class act that he is, I don't think he gets his hands dirty. I think he whispers to Dodds in his sleep how you need killing. <laughs> I think, that very well could be. I think it would be Dodds that would do you in. I, I don't know that it would be Lester. You might. Either way, <laughs> the fact is I escaped murder at the hands of the Pine Box Boys. Nice. Or their minions, so far. And it's awesome that you saw a Bone Bat shirt, like, outside of Seattle. You know what else? Uh, I had mentioned last episode that Brian Lonano, the director of Crow Hand, was yeah. doing a Kickstarter. Uh, for his new film, and uh, towards the end of it, uh, the, he did an update video, and he was wearing a Bone Bat Film Festival shirt in his Kickstarter video. That is nice! I know, right? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, I got my Crotum today. Thank you. Oh, cool. I'm glad you got it. Finally. Yeah. Sorry it took so long. That's all right. That's cool. It's a crow and a little carved hand. I hope you didn't crow touch hand. it. Uh, I left it right there on the ground. Oh, oh that's that's what you should do. Do yeah, not touch don't the Crotum. Don't, don't touch pick that up. <laughs> Did it come in a little sack? Of course it came in a sack. Oh, okay. Because it's a crotum? <laughs> yeah. Weird that it was bald, though. <laughs> That's I a, guess it was a new sack. Actually, that is my, so far, my favorite Bone Bat Film Festival souvenir of all time. That is the coolest thing. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you again to Brian for making that happen. Too cool. Yeah. So, dude... Let's talk Dude. a little bit about uh, this episode's music, since uh, we're talking about incredible music anyway. Uh, right. You may have recognized, kicking things off this episode, uh, a tune from the one, the only greatest rock and roll band in the world, the Super Suckers. 
from right here in Seattle. Uh, it's been a long time since we featured them on the show. Had them back in episode 20. Uh, and then we revisited their uh, work in episode 42 where we interviewed Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, unfortunately, over the last couple of weeks, the Super Suckers camp received some bad news that Eddie Spaghetti was actually diagnosed with oropharynx cancer. Shit. And uh, currently he is down in L.A. He's getting ready to have surgery. And uh, one of the things that uh, his friends put together for him is a cancer relief fund. Because obviously the insurance plan for rock and roll bands is not fantastic. Not so very good. No. So uh, he's going to have a lot of medical bills ahead of him as he goes through surgery and then chemo or whatever treatment he ends up doing. And uh, I thought, you know, what a better way to, to support a band that we featured on the show. I'm on the record as being a huge fan of their music. We'll play some cuts. And if you folks are interested, we'll tell you how you can uh, donate money to the fund. Even if you're not interested, we're going to tell you how to donate money to the fund. Yeah, either way. We're going to tell you uh, Yeah, he was actually supposed to have surgery today, and it got rescheduled. Um, What I do know about it, uh, his wife posted a thing on Facebook. Uh, The tumor they found on his tonsils is on the top, which is touching the soft palate. In order to get rid of all the cancer and keep Eddie's voice from changing, they must open up the palate and take everything out, a radical tonsillectomy. They'll repair the palate and move on to his neck, where the doctors will take out all the lymph nodes on the left side. Original plan was for Eddie to have surgery today, July 2nd. It's been rescheduled. So uh, that's the latest news. You know, again, we're going to play some awesome music. And if you can give a few bucks to Eddie, I ponied up $6.66, rounded to 7 bucks. Uh, myself, just before the show, so I put my money where my mouth is and uh, help support him. And if you can, too, that would be awesome. You know, and feel free to throw on there that you heard about it from Bone Bat. Because uh, we want them to know that we love them and we love their music. And uh, we want them to keep rocking for a long time. So. Uh, tune we heard opening the show was Get the Hell, the title cut of their last album, which came out in 2014. And you're going to hear a lot more great stuff as we go. In addition to cancer, what else pisses you off, Gord? Jesus, well, nothing pisses me up, off as much as cancer. But if I can take a huge, massive problem and compare it to my own minor inconveniences. <laughs> you know, right. You know what pisses me off, Steve? What's that? It is hotter than Satan's camel toe in yoga pants. Oh, my God. And I realize me complaining about summer heat would be like you complaining about rain based on where we live. Right. But Jesus Christ, it has literally melted the handle off of my car. <laughs> what? It is that it's fucking m- hot. Melting steel? It, well, it's melting rubberized gasket material that resides beneath the handle on the tailgate portion of the van but you're you know the thing about cars is they're not supposed to melt in the sun (laughs) i looked it up it's preferable it's it's a fact okay people people in phoenix don't have this problem i don't think their cars don't melt damn it's it's hot it's humid we're not used to the humid hot down here the delta breezes have been slacking off not showing up when they're supposed to <laughs> it's bullshit well now you can sing the delta blues i am singing the delta reds because i'm cooking in this heat <laughs> well that's the thing you're supposed to be kind of used to it i mean up here you know we don't have air conditioning in seattle for the most part it's really that hot a week or two a year and so it's not worth putting in air conditioning so we've we've got fans 
yeah. which I can't turn on now because it would add too much distortion to the podcast. So yeah, I'm the sitting here. Would sound like this. <laughs> yeah, it, it would not be good. So that's how much we love you, listeners. Right there, in a nutshell, I'm willing to bake in this sweat box of a room so that you can hear music from the Super Suckers and dick jokes from Gord. That's that's what we do. It's true, and that room you're in is nothing but electronics, <laughs> your massive body, and heat. The room is the size of a coffin. I don't even know how you get all that in there. <laughs> if I had a dollar. You'd buy a bigger room. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it's been like that up here, too, and it's been where it's not cooling off at night, you know? It's like you That's open the all the thing. windows up, and at 11 p.m., it's still 80 degrees, and you're just like, Jesus, fuck. Yeah, enough already. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. I can't sleep. It's totally miserable. Generally, if it's up over like 105 or so, it's still, it's like a blast furnace dry heat down here. You can deal with it. But now it's like 100 and fuck you degrees. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I'm so glad I put solar on my house because for the first time in my life, I'm like, you know what? I'm turning on the air conditioning. But I'm still I'm still too cheap to run it very much. I'm like, is it, what am I end up paying for this? <laughs> I'm a wreck. When, you, when you're driving the car, do you, like, yep. micromanage the AC to a ridiculous degree? <laughs> yes. However, it's like, my oh. van, everyone has their own zone. Oh, okay. So, so I'm like, hey, do whatever you want. Yeah. Knock yeah. yourself out. No, I'm like, oh, my wrists are too cold. Turned off. Turn back on. Reset <laughs> the thing. Like, if I'm on the freeway and I'm by myself commuting... And I, I'm, my hands are, like, hovering over the air conditioning dial. And I don't know why. I don't know why I just don't back the fuck off and relax. But it's funny because, like, at work, of course, you've got, like, the ultra-industrial air conditioning on. So the only time I've been not sweating in the last week is when I've been at work. And there it's even so cold I, like, got to put on a hoodie every once in a while. That's bizarre. Right. You know? And then I get, I get home and I'm in my underwear, basically. Yeah. It's not pretty. You step outside and the hoodie just engulfs itself in flames. It's boosh. Yeah, no, nah, it's no fun. Yeah, well, that's amazing. The same thing pisses us off. <laughs> it does. I got a couple other things pissing me off. So the other really? night, More? it's it's hotter and shit, of course. So we've got the the window open in our bedroom, and at about two in the morning, I hear. <laughs> Lester T. Raw coming to kill you. I'm like, what the fuck? I jump up on all fours on the bed. And I'm like, what oh, the shit was that? You know, I'm like freaking <laughs> out. And we look out back and there's this, this raccoon on our deck. This raccoon mama. And she's got like three babies. Little fat tubby round babies. And she's like rolling them around the deck trying to keep them close to her. And I guess something had scared it, her. And she like went into defense mode. And it was the most hair-raising sound for, to be woken up from a deep sleep that I've ever heard. I mean, it was just terrifying. You're a country boy. Have you never heard raccoons going bananas before? No, I, we never had raccoons around that much. I mean, in Michigan, I, we mentioned on the show, we had them bugging our trash a little bit and put bungees on. That, that pretty much got rid of it. But now they seem to be lodged under our deck. And I don't really oh, know no. what to do about it. Because they've got the three babies. And so I've been reading, and it's like you can kind of get the mom out, but if a baby gets stuck under there and doesn't come with it, it'll starve to death, and then it's a horrible thing. And so, you know, some of the things say just wait until the end of summer, they go away. When the babies get big enough, they'll all go their separate directions, and then we can reboard the deck, get some skirting on it, and make sure that nothing else can get back under there. 
Don't even try to confront the raccoon because if your raccoons are like ours, they're like tough New York street kids. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> you walk up to it with like a broom or a rake or something, and it won't do anything. It'll be like, really? You want me to kick your ass right here in front of your wife? I'm going to do it. <laughs> and you yeah, got to reconsider. Like, okay, I'm going to get one good shot in with the rake. Probably not going to be fatal. And then this thing is going to like take the rake away from me. Well, you had them. My leg. You had them getting in your garage before. Yeah, we had them in the garage. That was bad. So, like, how did you get them out? Did you just wait until they left of their own volition, or were you able to actually motivate them to leave? Well, there were two young ones, and they didn't really want to be in there once I turned on all the lights and opened up the garage door, because that made a whole bunch of noise. Mm. And so I just irritated them enough that they that they left. But uh, a, a grown-up raccoon would have walked over to me and probably slapped me. <laughs> Well, one of the things I've read is that you should put a radio on in middle volume with talk radio on because they don't like the sound of human voices. <laughs> you could just podcast at them. That, I could. I could play actually one episode after the other of the Bone Bat Show of you telling raccoon stories. Wouldn't that be incredibly meta? <laughs> Whoa. That it would get rid of the raccoons because you were telling raccoon stories to racco- actual raccoons. That's so deep. That would be awesome. I, I think I'm going to make that happen right now. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, fire really is the only way to get rid of them. I mean, you yeah. don't want to do that. I don't want to burn my deck. No. And no. One of the things that I read, too, is like you can soak tennis balls in ammonia and roll them under there. But we've wow. got like a pretty big deck. And so I, I don't know if I'd be. But it's okay, man. you got a lot of balls. It's like, like bocce ball, you know. I don't know if I'd get them anywhere near them. Or if I just make my deck smell horrible. I'm not sure. You will, either way, you're going to make your deck smell bad. Nothing worse than a stinky deck. What about human urine? Is that a deterrent? If I piss all over my deck, would that get rid of them? You should try it. <laughs> I don't know if the neighbors would be too. How, how, Invite would the be. neighbors over. Everyone could do it. I think that would be looked down upon. Have a big party. Especially given the size of my penis. <laughs> I think you should invite all your neighbors over. I can have a whole bunch of beer. And just lock up your bathrooms. Oh, yeah. Bathroom's out of order. I'm sorry. Just go in the corner, pee on the deck. Just right on the deck. That's that's what we do here. It's a raccoon thing. If they didn't think I was a redneck before. (laughs) No, no. They think you're a redneck, Steve. (laughs) Oh, shit. Maybe we should listen to some music. Maybe we should. Uh, Why don't we listen to another tune from the Super Suckers off their last album? Of course, Get the Hell from 2014 on Acetate Records. This is a cover of a Depeche Mode tune, and it's about how I feel right now. I hope my friend never lets me down again. As long as we know who's wearing the trousers.
Eddie Spaghetti from the greatest rock and roll band in the world, the Super Suckers, and you are here with me on the Bone Bat Show. All right, so dude, we don't have like a film festival or a convention to talk about or anything like that. Uh, we always got something to talk about. What should we talk I about? Saw Inside Out, the new Pixar movie. I realized this. Oh, I thought that was a porno. triage part. <laughs> no, no, that's something else. It's that Inside Out Triple X. That's okay. Anyway, so you sorry. saw the new Pixar thought, film? Yeah, I saw the new Pixar film, Inside Out. And before I saw it, I was I was a little on the fence about seeing this thing. And I, I talked to you, asked if you'd seen it yet. And you said, I think this is a direct quote, everything Pixar does sucks. And anyone who likes anything that Pixar has ever done is in league <laughs> with Satan. The bad kind of Satan, not the cool heavy metal Satan, but the kind of Satan the Rex people's birthday parties and smells like poop that's what you said that is not at all what i said you're full believe that's shit. a direct quote but i did say that i had increasingly less interest after toy story 3 the last three pixar films cars 2 brave and monsters university for whatever reason i didn't give a shit at all about seeing and it used to be that like pixar for me was destination viewing the minute that came out I would be there. And so we went yeah. and saw Finding Nemo, and we went and saw Cars, and we went and saw a ton of those movies the weekend they came out. And for some reason in recent years, I don't know, I've, I've just, for some reason they haven't grabbed me. So, I mean, tell me your, your thoughts on the whole thing. I mean, you must have gone opening weekend or close to it. Yeah, close to it. Uh, I know. I think it was opening weekend. I think we saw it on the well, just the Monday after opening weekend. And you count, are like on the record as you never see a film in the first week because you want to wait for the people to leave. That's right. That's why I saw it on a Monday matinee. Yeah. So here's the thing. Always loved Pixar since they were doing short films way back in the day. Mm -hmm. I remember Tin Toy uh, when Toy Story came out. I was all over it. Toy Story Two. Monsters, Inc., great. Finding Nemo, great. The Incredibles, 
maybe my favorite movie of all time. Probably the best movie ever made. I love that movie. It's great. That is such a great movie. Uh, And then Cars happened. (laughs) And I was really not all that into Cars. And that's also right when they they really went in league with Disney. (laughs) In league with Disney? In league with the devil, yes. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, so, I actually liked there, Cars. Cars was still in the when I was kind of digging on what Pixar was doing. I enjoyed that film. You liked that, and you, I did. I, I, I thought it was overly long, but I kind of gave it a pass. And the Ratatouille was fun. You really liked Ratatouille. I, 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 yeah, I've talked about it on the show. I mean, I liked it okay until a certain moment, and then I loved it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And then Wally, great. Just a wonderful movie. So it's really seemed like they had the ma- magic. Oh, just See, well, actually, to me, Wally is the start of the decline. No, really, I to thought me, Wally is kind of boring. I don't think it holds up very well to repeat viewings. Well, see, that's the difference between you and me. It's rare for me to watch a movie more than once. That's you know, I watched The Incredibles probably like six times. That's <laughs> how much I like The Incredibles. Okay. Yeah, and then we did Up. Which had ten? The first ten minutes was tear your heart out and then beat you over the head with it. Oh my god, that was so sad. Oh god, <laughs> totally unexpected. Yeah, I don't even remember anything else about that movie except trying not to cry in front of all these children. <laughs> and then it just sort of crapped out. I mean, no, that's not true. Toy Story three, I thought was great. And Toy then Story three out. was, and actually, I didn't really want to see it. Same here. But when I did finally see it, it was it was fucking great. That it was is great. Really yeah, it was great like, there's film. no way this is going to be any good. That was so good. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, that was one of those ones that proved me wrong. Absolutely. Like, I don't even think I saw Cars 2. Brave was fun, but not like Pixar fun, you know? Kid, that was a fun little animated movie. But I can't, I wouldn't, like, tell you you got to go see it. Right. Monsters University was garbage. Yeah, I I saw that on video after or just on cable and didn't think it was very good. No, it was garbage. Which is weird because Monsters, Inc., the first one, was such an original concept from the start to finish. You know what I mean? It was, and it was a it fun It really, movie. yeah. It just had all these great ideas and it was coming just from chase all... scene with the doors. Oh, the... yeah, just great stuff. Yeah, so good. It's just like they've lost it. So anyway, that brings us to Inside Out. Okay, I'm still I'm still giving Pixar, uh, you know, giving it the old college try. I want to, I'm, I'm still in the bag for it. I want to like it. Go in there. You know how they usually start with a short. Yes, the short was awful. Really, it was about a volcano that is lonely and it sings a song trying to find another volcano to fall in love with. It was fucking terrible. Really? Yeah. Wow, because I've read like good reviews of that, so I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was awful. If you see it and see that and you like it, then we got to talk. <laughs> I didn't There's really love the paper with. one. The paper one was good. I liked it. It was all right. But I like, I think like Adam Warrock did a song about it, and just it wasn't good enough to write a song about to me. <laughs> well, Adam Warrock writes a song about everything. Well, yeah, because you got to do a song like every other day. So he, I guess he needs the fodder. 
Yeah, and it wasn't as good as the, you know, that Jackalope one or the Magician one. Or, you know, they've had a lot of good shorts. Oh, yeah. You know, one of my favorites was the the one-man band one, the Italian one. Oh, yeah. I love that one. That one was so yeah. great. Yeah, that was wonderful. But they've never had one that was truly terrible until now. <laughs> okay. Boy, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> so I saw Inside Out. Okay. And here's the thing. Remember that going back, the first ten minutes of Up. Yes. The the last ten minutes of Toy Story three, where you cannot help yourself, your emotions are raw, and they have just worked you. It's almost like <laughs> they're Spielberging you. They're totally <laughs> Spielberging you, getting right behind you and just Spielberging, just you. giving you the full Spielberg. Yeah, just oh, right in the aorta. Yeah. It was like they decided they were going to try to take that idea of of really working your emotions. And making a whole movie out of it. Oh shit! And I'm not someone. Well, it's a movie about emotions, about. right? I mean, what what is well, the, the premise? Is, premise? Okay. This this girl. I'm not giving anything away. No spoilers. This girl is got. She's happy, hockey playing, ten year old in Michigan or Minnesota or one of those places where happy ten year olds play hockey, and they get moved to San Francisco, where it's totally different place. And inside her head, the main characters really are. These emotions there's that are at the control panel. There's happy, there's disgust, there's rage, there's caution, and there's sadness. And happy pretty much runs the show. But when she moves, things start changing. And so these emotions are competing for control over her, trying to make her life right. And so things happen which tug at your heartstrings, but it's just such an over-attempt over and over to tug at your heartstrings mm-hmm. to try to manipulate your emotions. And that's just the kind of thing that it just doesn't sit well with me. Don't make me be happy. Don't make me be sad. I don't go to Disneyland because I don't like that crap. Even though that's kind of the point of the movie, it's about emotions. So yeah, that is I sort know. of the currency that they're going to be trading on, right? Yeah, and they, they overplayed their hand. Big time. Okay. However, I, I watched it and I thought it was probably the worst Pixar movie ever. I did laugh out loud. It was entertaining-ish. You know, I give it a three out of five. However, there were people, there was someone behind me in the theater and I kept hearing just, it started out as sniffles and then later on in the movie, it was crying and later on in the movie, it was like just hacking, crying, crying can't control yourself anymore and at one point i turned around to see the just kind of take a peek at this young woman that is crying behind me this obvious teenage girl it's like some 40 year old dude that looks like lurch (laughs) and there are tears flying out of his face so for some people this may be the movie for you wow i don't know not for me I don't know. Maybe he played hockey and moved to San Francisco as a youth, and like it was just too close to home for that dude. Maybe so. <laughs> like it was just it was just right there, you know. It was too raw. Yeah. There was a part about an imaginary friend, and that's where he just lost it. I don't know. I didn't have an imaginary friend growing up. Well, I, I had. You, I used to up. imagine that you were my friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, so really, worst Pixar film ever, and that's in a world that includes Bugs Life. Yeah, I don't even remember Bugs Life. I you, right? also don't remember hating it. You don't remember a Pixar film. That is kind of an indictment right there. 
I guess so. But there were those two ant movies sort of on top of each other. Yes, and and I think Bugs Life was the better of the two ant movies. The other one was an absolute piece of shit. Didn't yeah. that one have, it had like, who who was it? Seinfeld maybe was the main character or something? No, no, the Seinfeld one was oh, the Oh, that was B the Bees. And that was, a, that was a terrible film too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I'm so sorry. Pixar, that, uh, what the that, hell, man? It wasn't. So uh, really, The Incredibles too is something that they say is happening. I'm scared. <laughs> well, it did not. There's nothing to be scared about because Brad Bird presumably will be back at the helm. This is the guy who did. I mean, the one thing you've got to keep in mind about Pixar films is that each one or each one is each group is by a certain director with a certain vision, right? Yeah, that's true. So, like Although the Toy Brad Story, still the like Toy the Story ones are Lasseter, and Brad Bird is the guy who was behind Iron Giant, and he's the guy who's behind The Incredibles. That's right, and I love, I love Brad Bird. So probably. Even if it's not as good as The Incredibles, you can you can be not as good as The Incredibles and still pre- be a pretty great film because the bar for that is so high. Yeah. But probably, considering he's going to be at the helm again, it's going to be pretty great. Let's hope. Yeah, I do. I mean, wasn't that kind of... Uh, I don't remember who said it, but somebody made the quote that it was the, the best Fantastic Four film ever made. <laughs> But didn't Brad Bird just finish doing a movie that went absolutely nowhere? Uh, he did a live-action movie, right? Yeah, the one... I can't even think of it. It's Tomorrowland or Futureland or... That's it. Yeah, no, I didn't even see it. Yeah, I think it was in the theaters for like an hour and a half. You know, it's weird. The, the, there are those films that are like that that get a ton of hype. Like, we saw Interstellar recently. Oh, God. That was so boring. That was three hours long, man. <laughs> it sure was. Every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. And like you're, you're like that's the guy who did Dark Knight and Inception, man. Like he he's a good director with good ideas and and like no editor. <laughs> yeah, needed an editor. Oh my god, that film just went on and on and on. That was disappointing. You know what wasn't half bad though? Just saw Edge of Tomorrow, which they've renamed horribly as Live Die Repeat. Oh yeah, that I think was I a, reviewed that on this very show. That was a fun show. Yeah, that was that was way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I love when you stumble across a sci-fi movie that is just good fun. Yeah, me too. And, and what is it about Tom Cruise where you just want to hate him? You just you just every movie he's in, you're like, I'm not going to see that. It's Tom Cruise. And then you watch the movie, you're like, all right, that was fun. Yeah, dude's charismatic. And if you don't like him, watching him get killed upwards of a thousand times in a row <laughs> is probably a decent way to go. I mean, that's... There's I hadn't a, thought of it that that's way. That's a plus, right? You make an excellent point. <laughs> but yeah, that was a totally fun movie. Yeah, I don't know why that one got slammed so hard. Nah, I can't tell you. Why don't we check out uh, something kind of weird? It's time for another okay. tune, I think. What do you think? Let's do it. Some music? All right. Let's check out uh, an older tune. This is the live version of Creepy Jackalope Eye from 2008. Give it up for Scottzilla Chirilla on the drums, everybody. Convincingly real Things that seem so amazing Till you get out close And see the no big deal Like the stars in the sky Or the one on the stage Just a big ball of gas And a regular guy 
in a jackalope space on a jackalope high, staring you down, creepy jackalope high. Many things in this life ain't what they appear. Yeah, I look like a hare, but if you stop and you stare, well, I'm related to a deer. Charles Heathen on the electrified guitar. With the band since the very beginning. In and out of the band a couple of times, but he's still with us. And he decided to come here and rock for awesome tonight. He knew that good wasn't gonna cut it, especially tonight. He knew that you guys were gonna need it to be a little bit better than good. Maybe even a little bit better than great. You guys are going to need it to be awesome tonight. Because how would you rather have it be? Would you rather have it be good or awesome? I said, how do you want it? Do you want it good or do you want it awesome? That's what I thought. And just by walking in the door tonight, you guys have prepared yourselves to become awesomeologists. To join our new religion. The Super Suckers Church of Awesomeology. It's a new religion, but it's going to catch on quick because it's easy to follow. There's just a few words in our in our Bible, if you will, the Book of Awesomeetics. You've seen the book. It's that one with the bitchin' volcano on the cover and the creepy jackalope staring us down with his wicked eye. You've seen the book. Maybe you've been afraid to turn the pages because you were afraid maybe it sounded too culty. Maybe it sounded like a cult. I don't know if I want to get involved in this cult. The Super Sucker's Cult of Awesomeology. Well, I assure you, my friends, it is no cult. It is a way of life. It is a new way of being. All you got to do is wake up in the morning and decide, I want to be awesome today. And just be awesome today. That's all you gotta do, to where all your friends are talking about you behind your back. Dude's been awesome, what's up with him? I asked him to help me move my records the other day and he said, sure. He didn't back out or nothing. So we, uh, we decided to call him awesome. Is it so hard to imagine? Is it so hard to believe? Something so outrageous, something so far-fetched Well, how about Adam and Eve? (laughs) 
That's what I call awesome right there. We're not sold on the tale of Adam and Eve, to tell you the truth, but we can't bank on this crowd as being awesome. But I know something. I know you gotta have faith. I know the need for hope. But to the dollars and bits, stop front of a face, I'm about to jack out loud. Oh yeah. In a jacket loose. Everybody, we are the Super Suckers, aka the greatest rock and roll band in the motherfucking world. All right, once again, that was Creepy Jackalope Eye, one of my favorite songs of the entire Super Suckers. Over, 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 of the entire catalog. Great song. Once again, you can donate to the Eddie Spaghetti Cancer Fund. At supersuckers.com slash well-shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude. Yeah. That's a weird song. How about some weird stuff? You got some weird stuff? Some weird, yeah. We got weird, weird stuff. stuff. Yeah. From Germany comes this episode's story. Uh, in a, a complete affront to Isaac Asimov and his rules for robotics, Uh-oh. a robot killed a 22-year-old a robot killed a 22-year-old worker at the Volkswagen plant in Germany. The worker was helping a team put together a robot and this robot grabs and configures auto parts. The machine went bananas. It grabbed him and pushed him against the metal plate, squished him dead. The man, as they say in Germany, succumbed to his injuries. Jeez. A spokesperson for the company Mr. Heiko Helvig said the initial investigation suggests human error was to blame for the incident, but that's what the robots told him to say. <laughs> that's what his new overlord said? Yes. I wonder, like, what, what would make... Was it a programming thing, or was it just it got garbled in his brain, or what would make it go so horribly wrong? Was it Skynet? I, I'm thinking Skynet, or I'm thinking possibly it's an iRobot thing. These, these robots, they're smarter than... No one really knows how robots work. Thank God, though, at least 
you didn't pronounce it robot like the way you butcher dinosaur. <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> robot. People say robots. I'm going to say dinosaur till I die. Dinosaur or dinosaur? Dinosaur. You just I mean, do right. I say dinosaur, dinosaur or dinosaur? You dinosaur. got me so self-conscious about the word. Why did dinosaurs even come into this? We're talking about <laughs> killer robots. Freaking... It, this wasn't a publicity stunt for, like, Terminator Genesis, do you think? <laughs> I hope not. I don't know, man. man. How, how long is it until, like, maximum overdrive? People are getting killed by Roombas. <laughs> That's a hell of a way to go. You get one of those big industrial Roombas. It starts ah, it's like sucking your pant leg into it. <laughs> one Roomba by itself is no problem, but the, when they swarm you... The Coke machine is spitting out Cokes at you. Yeah, like just Nashville. shooting them out at you. Somebody's put the Green Goblin on a transit truck. I mean... That's just... Right? <laughs> well, you know, filmmakers have been warning us about this for years. We refuse to pay attention, and now it's happened. Yeah, it's true. They have been trying to tell us. You know, it could be like The Mangler, though. Remember that Stephen King short story? <laughs> yes. The industrial laundry machine gets possessed. I'm surprised that nobody has done a horror movie in a printing plant. I am, too, because printing is horrific. <laughs> you just get sucked into the webs, vroom, squished between the rollers, and sure. sheeted at the end. What did you tell me? Never, never wear a tie to a press demo. Never. That's true, man. <laughs> That'd be the last press demo you ever go to. You get to see that press up close, running fast. Why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. All right, this is uh, another tune from Get the Hell, 2014 release from the Super Suckers. And I think this is a great message about actually the the whole fight that Eddie is going through right now. I thought so, too. This song is pushing through.
All right. Once again, that was Pushing Through by the Super Suckers. Check them out at supersuckers.com. You can also donate to the Cancer Fighting Fund for Eddie Spaghetti there as well. So, dude, you know, there's been so much political stuff going on lately that I kind of thought we should bring back Gord's political rant for one episode to kind of talk about all this uh, monumental stuff. Monumental? Well, geez, I don't know. Hadn't prepared for this, but shit's stuff that I don't need to because it's stuff that you heard it here first on the Bone Bat Show. I mean, think about it. You did. I mean, okay, we first. since go. We've gay marriage. talking about gay marriage, right? And how it doesn't actually threaten traditional marriage. You've got a traditional marriage. I've got a traditional marriage. Now that the Supreme Court has said that it's okay, it's the law of the land, two dudes can get married. I still don't want to marry you, Steve. Or two women can get married. Not two just dudes. dudes can get married. Yep. And, yeah, you know, so that's awesome. So I read a quote that was great. Now gay people can have their parents bitch at them about getting married just like all the straight people. Welcome to the <laughs> party, <right>. folks. <laughs> now the pressure begins. Better get yeah, married. You too. The you clock's too ticking. On taxes. Biological clock and taxes. Mm-hmm. Poor guys. So, yeah. Grandchildren. You Congratulations. Can get I don't have any grandchildren yet. <laughs> But yeah, you, you did call it. It's almost like you're ahead of your time. Almost. I don't know if I called it and said it was going to happen. I just said that it was stupid for it not to happen, and it should happen. Mm-hmm. And now it's happening. So that's cool. Country just got a little bit freer. And you, you know what else I went off on? We both kind of went off on was this whole Confederate flag thing. Yes, about, you discussed this like a year ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the rest of the country sort of took notice and went, oh, yeah, you... You do come off as a racist douchebag if you're wearing the Confederate battle flag. <laughs> One of the best things I read about that was actually our friend Cosplay from Death Star. And he posted, you know, when it comes down to it, the, the racist aspects notwithstanding, which is one of the major things, but the Confederate flag is a symbol of fucking treason. I think I said that. <laughs> no, did you say that as well? Cause, yeah, I think I said that, yes. That kind of shuts the book on that, doesn't it? Why is there a treasonous flag? hanging over any government building in this country. Yeah. Why is there a flag of people who have killed U.S. soldiers? It was like their flag. And they killed a bunch of U.S. servicemen and attacked the United States of America. Why now, is their flag flying? Now that would be considered terrorism, would it not? It would. I don't see the ISIS flag going up anytime soon. Not even the yeah. ISIS flag that's covered in dildos? <laughs> not that Maybe that one. <laughs> that was preferable. And wonderful. Yeah. But here's the downside, the sad side of the the news that's not being reported right now. You got people getting shot up in church. You got churches that are getting burned. If it was a bunch of Muslims doing this, people would be freaking the fuck out. If it was illegal aliens from Mexico or Honduras or any other place. Would be- or black metal bands from Norway. If it was black metal bands from Norway, people would be freaking the fuck out. The political candidates would all be trying to outdo each other on how they're going to crack down on these people. But no, it's black churches getting burned by white people, and it's not even a blip in the news. That's disgusting. That sucks, and I don't know why that's just not being made more of. So maybe that's the next political rant. Maybe all of a sudden someone's going to point that out and go, hey, wait a minute. Because think about that. If, like, ISIS said, we're going to burn some churches down, and they did. Oh, my God. People lose their minds. 
Right, and especially in a world where we're constantly talking about our rights and freedom of religion is most notably one of those, right? And so how it's, can you have churches getting shot up and not have everybody pissed about that? Yeah, Not just, well, it well, it wasn't my kind of church. Fuck that. Yeah, you know what? It's not my kind of church. Jesus, none of them are. But come <laughs> on, man. Don't do that. Uh. Yeah, so I guess we still got a ways to go. I guess so. I don't know. I feel weary of politics, and we're just getting into, like, we're not even to the primaries yet. I know. The election is more than a year away. And already I'm sick of all these dumb fucks. Yeah, but it is, it's almost the most wonderful part of the political process when you have all the guys hoping to be the candidate. The, what, the Republicans have like 14 of them or 15 of them. It's more you like 20 the, now, the isn't it? lunatics in there. Yeah, you've got Trump and a bunch of other people jumping in this last week. I think it's up to 20 now. Is it up to 20? Oh it's insanity, yeah. So this is the fun part, when you can just sort of go, all right, all you guys are nuts, and then watch, and then you're right. But then you end, end up at the end of the day with, a, you know, a couple of lamos like the last time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that was That's bad. Why this part is there was fun. There was really nobody to vote for last time. No, there really wasn't. I mean, you... You were going to vote Obama. Because yeah, because it, it, any any alternatives were kind of unthinkable. I mean, it was ridiculous. You had, like, Romney and Santorum. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was terrible. And it, you just you couldn't see yourself voting for any of those knobs. Yeah, it was like corporate evil and religious evil right. together in a package. It's like, why can't I just vote for Cthulhu? You practically were if you would have voted that ticket. <laughs> Yeah, but th- this is the fun part because this is this is where someone like Trump does something like Trump is doing and, you know, soils himself publicly and everybody can cheer. So you, you enjoy the, the public soilings? The, the, yes, I, I enjoy the watching people self-destruct because they're trying to outdo each other. So what do you think of Bernie? Sanders? Yes. I like him better than Hillary. Here's the thing the Democrats don't get about the Democratic Party that they just don't get about Hillary there are so many people out there with just this visceral reaction to her, and I don't know why. I don't particular. I'm, well, because there are people that hated Bill to begin I with. I guess, and but so even it's... people that liked Bill hated Hillary. Really? Yeah. For I'm not going to drop any names, but there's this person I know that I married, and <laughs> way way back in the day when Bill was elected, and and. We're basically happy with Bill Clinton being elected. She was like, who is this bitch Hillary? Who does she think she is? And I'm like, I don't know, first lady? What? What is she doing? The people just don't like her. She's an unlikable person for a lot of folks out there. Mm. And I don't know. I think that could be the X factor. If, if she just waltzes in like she's the candidate and enough people put enough money behind her to make her the candidate, they could have a truly unlikable person. Yeah, well, I think kind of a that Nixon, you know, part of it is the the I don't know calculatedness of her that she she comes across as somebody who planned on being president when she was at college and made this deal with Bill that okay we're going to do this together and you do it and then I'm going to do it and the plan is like rolling out and I think that that calculatedness bugs people. Yeah, I think you're right. And here's my prediction: at some point. She's going to be in trouble. Her, her, her numbers are going to be bad, and she's going to make this move that's going to bump her numbers up, 
is when she announces that she's separating from or divorcing Bill. Really? It will have nothing to do with anything that's actually going on between them at the moment, but that's just a card she's got in her deck that she's going to play. But that's hilarious because any other president would lose points by getting divorced in the middle of an election. Yeah, but she's been the good wife sticking with him for all this time, even though he was getting Hummers. Hummers like the, the vehicles? Yeah, yeah, that's what he was getting. Now that's Schwarzenegger you're thinking. Oh, okay. She won't even have to say why. She can just say well, personal reasons. The press will go nuts. And uh, and she'll get a bump. Anyway, so, yeah, it, a lot of interesting stuff. Interesting times. And now that we're becoming a freer country, you're, you, got, uh, you can marry whatever consenting adult you want to marry. In a lot of places, you can smoke marijuana if you want to smoke. Now, what kind of marijuana might you smoke? Well, you'd smoke that non-addictive marijuana. Beautiful segue, my friend. Uh, once again, Why, that you. was non-addicted marijuana taken from 1997's Must Have Been High. Because Washington, California, Colorado, Oregon. So, dude, yeah, multimedia triage. 
You mean besides Inside Out? Oh my God. Just look at the show notes. We've been doing so much stuff. Yeah. The thing I haven't been doing much of, and I apologize for this, is I have not been listening to podcasts. It's been too hot to go walking around. There's no place that I want to drive, so I've not been listening to podcasts with one exception. There's a podcast our fans ought to listen to, and don't even listen to the whole thing. Listen to the first, like, ten minutes of it. It's episode 168 of 99% Invisible. We've talked about that podcast before. But in this episode, I think it's called Inside Your Head or In Your Head, uh, the first part starts out with Rishikesh Shearway of Song Exploder, and he's talking about how they make scary sounds in movies and TV shows, how they make it scarier. And they, he's got a, an evolutionary biologist, guy named Dan Blumstein. He's got the executive producer of Hannibal, David Slade, and a composer, Brian Rietzel. And they talk about how they make it sound scary. So for our fans, people that like our film fest, people that like the scary stuff we talk about in our podcast, it's just pretty cool to listen to some professionals, people who really think about scary sounds, uh, talk about how they do it and show you examples of it. That sounds so great. Check that out. Yeah, totally. I'm yeah, looking it's, forward. It's like 10 minutes. That's all it's going to take. It's, a, it's just a short little blip of his podcast i'm looking forward to your next podcast 99 percent silent <laughs> wait what why are you such a dick 99 <laughs> percent steve <laughs> it's 99 percent inevitable <laughs> this is 99 percent unconscionable so dude, dude you know you know that i own a playstation you do. And I, I said to you, Steve, why aren't you doing the one thing the one that sets thing, this device apart? The one exclusive thing that you can do, and it's not playing Bloodborne, although oh. I have that game. It is actually watching Powers, the new 10-episode miniseries, series, I guess, that is a PlayStation Network exclusive. So how is it? Is it good? Okay, let me tell you about it. I want Powers. it to be good. So I've been a fan of the Powers comic I, pretty much since the beginning. I think I started on like graphic novel three or four and started collecting them then. And yeah, you got me into each it. one came out. I uh, love the story of Christian Walker and Dina Pilgrim, these two detectives who work on superhero-related cases for the most part, Christian Walker being an immortal who had lost his powers. You know, a lot of your hard-boiled detectives are already jaded as fuck. I mean, this guy is a hard-boiled detective who's lived centuries. That's jaded as fuck. He's seen everything. He does not get bent out of shape about anything. And you've got this fired-up, gung-ho young detective that's working with him. Who's got a mouth on her. You've got at least a, in the comic book, yeah, amazing crackling dialogue from Brian Michael Bendis. Great, really heavy line art from Michael Avon Oming. I've always loved the art of that comic, and it was just a, a really great one of my favorites to this day. One of the few comics I still buy each issue of. Now, brand new series. What I like about the series, uh. Brian Michael Bendis' writing does shine through. There's a lot of great dialogue in it. A lot of the casting is really good. Uh, particularly Susan Hayward, who plays Dina Pilgrim. Which is interesting, because uh, Dina Pilgrim is black in 
the show. Obviously, she's a white character in the graphic novel. And then there's a new partner who comes along later, Enki Sunrise, who yeah, is Enki. black. So it's sort of like they've merged the two partners together in one in a way. Or I don't know, maybe Enki will come along and she'll be white. I don't know if it matters, but the no, actress is great. Yeah, she's really she's good. Susan Hayward. Yeah, what? it doesn't matter. It's awesome. I mean, that's one case where the casting uh, doesn't matter. Uh, another, uh, Eddie Izzard plays Wolf, which it's not how you would picture Wolf from the comic. Wolf is like this really old dude by the time they start uh, showing him in the comic. But uh, he does. he's one of these actors that just has the gravitas. And, you know, he, he makes the show better by being on it. Uh, also, Olesia Rulin, who plays Callista, is perfect casting. She looks exactly like that character should look. And uh, that kind of brings us to uh, Christian Walker. The actor who plays him is Charlto Copley, who is the guy from uh, District 9. Yeah. And to me, he is completely miscast. That's too bad. Yeah, it's rough. Because <laughs> he's the main character. Yeah, the main character just feels like he's wrong in every way. Um, part of it is the acting. His acting is a little too hyped up in a way. And again, as I mentioned, like to me, Walker was always sort of this character that was really world weary. And yeah, he's unflappable. He's and that's not the case at all. He's really like agitated and aggro and like trying to really wants to get his powers back in a way that the comic Christian Walker is not. And they've sort of taken the whole immortal thing out of it. Like he talks about his youth in Seattle or whatever, like recently how he found his powers. And so. It's definitely not, it doesn't have the same sort of depth of history that the, the comics themselves have. And I, I think that that hurts the character somewhat, and it takes a lot away from the dynamic of having, like, the aggro, the aggro partner that's younger and the older kind of, again, world-weary detective. And for some reason, it just it really bugged me throughout the whole show. I could never get over it. He seemed so wrong for that part. And I was never happy with both the characterization and the acting of Christian Walker. Huh, and I think that that's the, the main thing that's wrong with the show. Now, they did some things. Again, Bendis' writing is good enough that uh, it did make a lot of the moments in the show fun. And the end of the series, I've watched all ten episodes, the end of the series is total fan bait. They left it as this huge cliffhanger. And I'm going to spoil this so you have a, like five seconds to get away if you don't want to hear this. La, 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 la. Okay. So Go it's ahead. the death of Retro Girl. They kill Retro Girl at the end. And so, like, if you're a fan, you're like, okay, you're not going to see the whole death of Retro Girl, the very first Powers storyline, unless the show gets picked up. And so it's just announced, although the, re the reviews were not great, it was just announced that it was picked up for a second season in 2016. So we're at least going to get to see the Death of Retro Girl storyline played out, which is going to be fucking great, probably. I mean, that was a really good series in the comic. So, you know, definitely worth reading. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it wasn't great, but it was watchable. I watched all 10 episodes like in five days, four days. So it's definitely has a nice flow to it. Some of the acting is great. The guy who plays Johnny Royale is uh, his name is Noah Taylor. He was the guy who played uh, Sabini in Peaky Blinders, the Italian oh, wow. guy from London, the gangster. Yeah, gangster boss. Yeah, exactly. So so that was kind of cool to see him again. 
And yeah, that's uh, cool. yeah, there was. I mean, it didn't slack. It had some good actors in it. Uh, Michelle Forbes as Retro Girl was amazing. I mean, she's always good and stuff. And she's kind of like uh, Lena Headley now, where she's doing a ton of kind of nerd sort of stuff. I mean, she was in Men in Black, and she's been in a lot of things. But it was kind of cool to see her, and she was great as Retro Girl. I'd give it like a seventy percent out of a hundred. Okay. You know, it has promise. It's not perfect, and Christian Walker's character needs work. But uh, the next series could be really fun because they're getting into some great comic material. Hey, you know what's great, Steve? What's that? Sci-fi. And you know what else is great in sci-fi? What? Trisha Helfer. <laughs> I know you're a fan. Yeah. I just watched Ascension. It's a, uh, It was a mini-series on the Sci-Fi Channel. Now it's streaming on... Netflix. What? It's, now, is there any way that a sci-fi miniseries can't totally suck? Yeah. Yeah. This is the case. Okay. Here's the setup. The space station rocket ship, big-ass thing, is 50 years into its 100-year journey. and To boldly go? Oh, sorry. To boldly go where... No. Somewhere else. And uh, there's a murder on board this ship. So what? What? Yeah, how did it happen? It's the first murder in the entire fifty years of this of this uh, journey, and uh, suddenly some pretty big secrets start becoming uncovered. I'm not going to tell you more than that, but Trish Helper is in it. She's great, like she's always great. She's a main character. She should there should be more of her, and I really really dug the series. It's just six. 40-minute episodes. Really, I think what it was when it was on TV, it was like a three-part series, with, and each part was two hours long. Oh, okay. They've broken it, broken it up into six. So that's that's pretty easy, uh, an easy watch. Very easy watch. The only thing I didn't... Well, I mean, you think about it enough, you can start punching holes in it with science and whatnot, but there's some great twists. Not super happy about the last ten seconds of it, but still, it's it's worthwhile to watch. Check it out. So you, you were, so you were good with the first uh, 239 minutes, but it was the <laughs> 50 seconds. Yes, but the last 10 seconds is what really spoiled it for you. That's funny because that's pretty much didn't spoil what, it. But I wasn't fond of the it. last two couple minutes of uh, BSG was what spoiled it for me. So okay, hmm, maybe it's the Trisha Helper thing, or maybe it's an angel thing. Fuck angels. Hey, those are the best kind of angels. <laughs> angels with blood on their wings. <laughs> And I saw some science fiction, a sci-fi movie from Switzerland. What? You know how I feel about that? How do you feel about that? I'm neutral. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, I see. No, I watched Cargo, uh, directed by Ivan Engler and Ralph Etter. Two people I've never heard of, starring a bunch of other people I've never heard of. It's about the Earth is polluted as all get out. If you can afford it, you can go out to one of the colonies where things are good and... This woman, she signs on as a ship's doctor on this cargo ship. She's trying to get enough money to get out to one of the colonies. Once again, Steve, things are not what they seem. Sounds like Elysium. Yeah, kind of, except the colony is way out there. It's not just orbiting Earth. Oh, okay. It's it's a it's a long ride in a spaceship. Hmm. So cargo is, is pretty cool. Special effects are pretty cool. The whole movie has some neat twists to it. It's definitely worth checking out. Cool, I'll check it out. Okay. Speaking of car stuff, Cartel. Did you know that there's a brand new book by Don Winslow who just came out last week? What? 
Yes. And it's the sequel to Power of the Dog, the epic drug war book that he published a few years back. Yeah. How I'm come a, you don't tell I'm me about this a, stuff? How come you never tell me about this stuff? You're Someone the one who knows be everything before me. And literally, it was this week. I was like looking for something. I finished some other books, which I'll talk about in a minute. And I was looking for something to read. And so I start, you know, looking up on Amazon for all my favorite authors. And it's like, really? Don Winslow had a new book that came out on June 23rd? Holy shit. So, like so far, 100 pages in, Art Keller, who's the FBI agent in Power of the Dog, he has been hiding in a monastery in Mexico because the drug cartels want to kill him. And so he's been hiding in a monastery. And Aiden Barrera, who is one of the big drug lords in Power of the Dog, uh, gets deported from the U.S. to a Mexican prison, which he makes short work of escaping. And so within the first hundred pages already, Art Keller is back on the case trying to catch Aiden Barrera. And Aiden Barrera has already slipped the noose twice. It's fucking riveting. Great stuff. Don Winslow's amazing writing. So good, so good. Gotta read it. Definitely check out Power of the Dog first. It is a sprawling, epic, 25-year tale of the California drug wars. But really good stuff. And this follows up just right where it took off. So really excellent. Wow, that's cool. I have to read that. Totally. It's like $10.99 for your Kindle right now. So pick it up. (laughs) Hey, man, I paper, paper books, ink on paper. That's how I roll. You know what I just read? What? Steve, do you like the 80s? <laughs> I do like the 80s. How'd you like to have some 80s stuffed with 80s, piled with 80s on top of it, all wrapped up in the 80s, fed to you in a wrapper made out of the 80s? This sounds like That's a book that my wife was just telling me about. <laughs> yes, it's Ready Player One. Good God. That's the book. Yeah, it's a fun book. It'd make a really fun animated movie. Really? I would okay. like to see that as a feature-length animated movie. I know Spielberg is making it in a movie. Probably not going to take my advice. He never does. So when you talk Red about eighties, eighties wrapped inside of eighties, stuffed inside eighties, and then dripped in eighties sauce, are we talking about an Inchirito? <laughs> I believe we are. With the <laughs> extra sour cream, you got to ask for. You it. have to. You can't just get them that way. They don't even make Inchiritos anymore. Oh, I bet they would if you asked. They don't have the yellow tortillas. Because, you know, they had to boil Taco Bell down to just the six ingredients. Yeah. So they got rid of, because that was like this weird other tortilla that they used to have for that. Yeah. Dang. But now they have like the Mexi Incha Burrito Taco Lotta thing. (laughs) I don't know. Taco Bell anymore is like Legos, man. They just have, they just grab out of the different bins. They've only got the, the six, seven bins. That's it. I guess. Huh. No, Ready Player One. I mean, you've heard a lot about it. It's a fun, it's a fun book, but really, you, you get a little weary of the '80s nostalgia by the time the thing is over. <laughs> Actually, uh, before I read Cartel, I read the entire first trilogy, the Assassin trilogy, from Robin Hobb. So these are books that uh, actually Jess Hart from Death Star, uh, MC Three PO suggested on the show and uh, i read assassin's apprentice royal assassin and assassin's quest and it's a, a really cool series uh, it starts out uh, this this kid is left at the gates of this castle uh, and he is essentially a bastard child of the royal family and so they don't really have a use for him but the king sees that he's kind of clever with his hands and he's He's surreptitious around the the castle, and so they start grooming him to be an assassin for the royal family. 
And as he grows, uh, the youngest son in the royal family resents his presence around the family. So the first book is sort of him learning and being trained as an assassin. And uh, things kind of go horribly wrong at the end of the book, and the, the whole, his whole world is turned upside down. And then the second book uh, is, is sort of this, this he's, he's coming of age, he's an angry young man, there's a lot of angst going on, but at the same time, he's really coming into his own as a, a powerful assassin. Uh, and he's, he's learning to play sort of the Game of Thrones, you know, as it were. And then uh, the third book, there's a complete cliffhanger, and uh, the third book, he is kind of divested of all of his resources and he is forced to kind of make his way in the world alone and uh, get revenge for wrongs that he's been done and the first two books are great the third book about halfway through ends up with one of those things that they do in fantasy it ends up being this long travel thing oh no like which, Brianna Tarth oh my fuck Brianna Tarth or Lord of the Rings or uh, Dragonbone Chair, the third, the third fucking uh, Tad Williams book, does the same thing, and it's like in a world where I don't even travel real time in Skyrim. I fast travel, motherfucker. Right, right. And yeah. you know what? The the whole last half of the book is like they're tr- they're looking for the the rightful king, and they're traveling. They're trying to find him. They try to find him, and it turns between traveling and then sculpting. It is the most tedious 250 pages of a book I've ever read. And I was just flipping through it, and I was so disappointed by the end of it. And the, like, the last 50 pages is pretty good, but why do, the, why do fantasy authors feel the need to do that travel thing? I cannot tell you. They do, though. And then the only thing to break up the travel is like dream sequences, which, oh, is, no. <laughs> which is almost worse, right? Yeah. So, Jess Hart, thank you for two-thirds of a great series, and fuck you for the second half of Assassin's (laughs) Quest. And so there's another series, which is like the Fool's Trilogy, which is one of the characters in the book, and I'm hesitant to read those. I mean, the first, like I said, the first two books are really good, and I was gripped, and I was page-turning throughout, and it wasn't until the end of the third book that I, I started to find things really tedious. So, who knows? Maybe the next series is great, but... If they fall upon the pattern of doing that again, I don't even want to read it. So I'm going to have to check with Jess and see what's up. Yeah, good call. But the writing is good. The characters are strong. Uh, There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. They've got a great take on magic. It's really a very interesting fantasy series and enjoyable. And Prince Regal is just like one of these characters you love to hate. So there's a a good villain as well. But uh, yeah, just the end of the third book I found really brutal. That's bummer too. It's not like a book. It's a, it's the end of a series right. of books. But and oh. I was digging it. So it's kind of like you're eating like a really good pizza and then you get to the last slice and it's fucked up and burnt or something and it like <laughs> li- you you're leaving the meal with a bad taste in your mouth and that's sort of what it was like. I thought dates like that. <laughs> Just a, a a bad taste in your mouth really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. All right, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. I think we need some evil up in here. Let's do some evil. Pure evil. Okay. Speaking of which, I want to dedicate this song to good friend of the Bone Bat Film Fest, Lorelai Shannon, who recently came to my attention, is also a fellow Super Suckers fan. 
So this one goes she out. She just the, keeps getting cooler. She just does. Just when I think she couldn't be more cool, she gets cooler. From 1995's Sacrilicious, this is Born with a Tail, one of my favorite Super Suckers tunes of all time. Once again, that was Born with a Tail from Sacrilicious, 1995 on Sub Pop Records. Again, supersuckers.com. Donate to the Eddie Spaghetti Fight Cancer Fund. If you want to be like me, give $6.66. Or if you can only afford it, give a buck. Anything would help. Like I said, he's going to have a ton of medical bills, and we want to keep him one of the hardest working bands in show business. We want to keep him out there on the road 
making incredible music. As a fan of independent music, I would love to see nothing more, so please lend your support. Thank yous. Again, uh, thanks to Astate Records for making this whole shindig possible. Thanks to Gord for being here. Huh? <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, everybody who's out there in the world wearing Bone Bat Film Festival t-shirts. Now, you can buy... Straight. You can buy Bone Bat t-shirts, can't you, Gord? You can. We have a way to buy the t-shirts we have yet to sell, and there are not a lot of them left, but they do include this year's design, our most popular design ever. It kicks seven shades of ass. From the amazing Robert Paul Nixon. Yes. There's a link on the Bone Bat site. Go there, click the link, buy the stuff. You can also buy my stickers there. Those of you who may have seen me sporting the awesome Cthulhu California hoodie, which is, I gotta say, it's awesome. Thank you. It's a chick magnet, just saying. (laughs) It's true, you sleeping with a woman every night. Exactly, and that's only since I got that hoodie. Wow, maybe I should get the hoodie. (laughs) You invented the hoodie. Oh, I did, but I don't own the hoodie. Maybe you should put a, here for maybe a you should slap one of those stickers on your forehead and see if that gets you anywhere. Okay. <laughs> Ow. Our usual yeah. bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. We've got uh, new content infrequently at bonehand.com, including the Heavy Half Hour, the heavy music dedicated podcast that only takes 30 minutes. It's great. You should listen to it. You can find my stuff, and I am doing a cartoon every week lately. It's been pretty cool at MightyWombat.com. You can find me on Facebook, MightyWombat.com, but you got to spell it all out. You can find me on Twitter, Mighty underscore Wombat, where I will complain about my melting van. <laughs> I'm on Twitter as well. I'm Bonehand over there. We also have a Bonebat feed as well as a Bonebat Facebook page where Gordon posts jokes and videos. I post sweet deals that cross my desk and other cool stuff that we find interesting. It's a good place to hang out. You should definitely follow us over there. You should check it out. I put some funny stuff on there. You I'm do. A funny guy. That's what I hear. That's what I've been told. I mean, there's a myself. lot of evidence on the podcast, but... No, not... I'm funnier than I sound <laughs> on a podcast. That's it. We're done. Go home. Uh, thank you for listening, and if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Let's do one last song from the Super okay. Suckers. Again, in honor of Eddie Spaghetti and the fine work that Super Suckers have been doing since 1988 was when the band Jesus was God. formed. Amazing. Yeah, back when I heard Go I Want Good Drugs, that's when I, when yeah, I became aware right. of them. Yeah, it's uh, over 25 years, man. It's freaking amazing. So... Once again, so what's why don't we on? check out a tune? Uh, this is the Super Sucker Drive-By Blues. I hope you dig it. Once again, I am Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one! I do have a good one. You broke down on the road Maybe a belt or a hose, I wouldn't know I see you sunk, but I'm not torn I'll give you two friendly beeps on that horn You look up as I wave, yeah, and you wave back And then I whip my middle finger out for the attack Now you're mad and you're confused You got the super sucker drive-by blues I see you waiting for the bus I'm stranded on the highway in the dust Take advantage of my freedom 
Where's good Sam or AAA when you need them? You feel tough, but technically we're unarmed. You feel hurt, but physically you're unharmed. You're just mad and you're confused. You got the super suck to drive my blues. All right now. I forgot to turn the fan off. I just did. Okay. Oh, Jesus anyway, Christ. Now we're fine. Yeah, you, you, I'm doing air quotes here. Forgot to turn the fan off. <laughs> <laughs> just like you forgot to wear clothes for this podcast. Hey, you know, I have never felt so comfortable in a podcast. I'm going to go. So free. Yeah, I'm going to go commando on all future podcasts now. It's going to make your interviews a lot more interesting next time you do Crypticon. <laughs> I think it will. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? The Incredible Melting Man? That guy's yucky. Mom! <laughs> <laughs>